First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. Let's expand the conversation. Bring in our good friend Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle. Be sure to join us tomorrow every weekday at 4 Eastern among our scheduled guests, the Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson and DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. Cordell, you know Nick and I want to start with Jacksonville. You know that's where I want to take you, but I'm going to be dispassionate. What are your takeaways from Green Bay, Seattle? Are you surprised the Packers' defense has played this well? Not necessarily surprised, but more disappointed to not see the offense of Seattle play a little bit better. Uh, You see Jimmy Graham, he wasn't really an intricate part of of anything in his offense. They looked like they tried to find him. It just looked like they couldn't find a rhythm to get anything done. Anytime you can contain a Russell Wilson within the pocket, not allow him to become elusive like we normally see when it comes down to not being able to find the guy down the field, you end up causing this team to struggle the way they did. And, and, and I have to be honest, Aaron Rodgers went out today and, and had a solid day. I think overall the defense played much better than we, I think me, we may all anticipated seeing happening, but you know, that's a game where, you know, it was the first game of the season. You have to travel on the road to, to go in a hostile environment, potentially may end up seeing these two teams playing in the playoffs. Uh, but that's the type of game you would love to have a chance to see, which was the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers playing with two of our best quarterbacks uh, in the game, especially in the NFC, uh, going head-to-head come week, well, week two, rather. Uh, week one, week one, week one. Uh, but the 425 game, uh, which was, which is about as good as it can get when it comes down to seeing two guys going head-to-head. All right, Cordell. Uh, Jerry Goff, uh, we knew what he was last year, and uh, Jeff Fisher gets fired. The Rams have a new head coach and Sean McVay, youngest uh, head coach in the NFL, and uh, a defensive coordinator who's 70 years old, uh, and Wade Phillips. But today they go out and play well. They rack up 46 points. Jerry Goff, 21 to 29, 306 yards, one touchdown, no interception. Can we expect this type of performance from this Rams team? And this is once again, this out. No, no, Aaron Donald was in the defensive lineup, and they were able to go out there and create several turnovers. Can we expect this type of performance from the Rams week in and week out? I tell you what, it sure would be nice to be able to see it from the Rams, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it'd be nice <laughs> sure. if they matched up against Scott Tolzien every week. Or he was a disaster. <laughs> a pair of pick sixes. Tell me about it. I mean. You know, you, you saw a defense that was obviously led by a guru. Uh, that's Wade Phillips when it comes to being able to grab a defense uh, that's been inept, uh, regardless of where he's gone, and turn them into something. I don't want to say overnight, but it's damn sure pretty close to saying overnight because this is a defense that we know under Coach Fisher was solid over the years that he was there. But today we saw them play uh, like they're trying to play for something and they have a a, a feeling of, let's just say, newness, uh, uh, some new energy around there. And yeah, you talked about Jared Goff, Nick. Yes, I mean, that's what we, when you talk about having the first player taken in the draft, it ended up being a quarterback. You don't expect to see any other quarterback throughout that draft to play better than the number one guy taken. You just don't expect it. Uh, yeah, and he potentially, he ends up going to probably the worst team in the National Football League, but here it is. He had an opportunity to go out today. Really had a stellar performance. Uh, when watching the throws that he made, it wasn't so much about the stats for me. 
it was just the throws that were being made by Jared Goff. And if you want to break off the stats, 21 to 29, 306 yards and a touchdown. I mean, whether it's crossing routes, uh, whether it's go routes, whether it's post routes, in cuts. I mean, everything was timing and everything was done off the play action pass. Brian, Brian, you and I on our show, No Huddle, we talk about getting Todd Gurley involved with running the football. He don't necessarily have to have a 100-yard rushing day. But just get him involved in running the football to the point where now it becomes something the defense has to pay attention to. And if you could get some play action pass going, that's when you can have your quarterback seeing those linebackers come up. Those windows down the field across the middle won't be as narrow. And I think that's what we had the opportunity to see for Jared Goff today, which was play action pass, linebackers biting on some on the play action, hitting the ball over the top, down the middle of the field on some post routes, crossing routes. And he looked like he's a quarterback that belongs in the deer in the head. Like look is now look like he's just a, a guy that's actually understanding how to drive down the highway. So he looked pretty good right now. And you got to wonder how your good friend Chuck Pagano is doing spiritually, Cordell. You might want to call Coach Pagano. Well, that was he, he a made, rough performance on the road in Southern California. Well, I give him a, I give him a call, send him a Bible and everything else that goes along with it because <laughs> wow. he needs he needs some help. You know, because uh, you know Nick. Brian and I went out to the owner's meeting and, and we had the interview and I said, coach, how you doing spiritually? And so when I asked the question, Brian doesn't never let it down. So I figured if I send him something, <laughs> I at least got to send the Bible with the next question I would ask him. But, you know, he's struggling. And let's just be real honest, guys. If Andrew Luck was playing behind that offensive line, I think it would have been the same result. You're right. That exactly. offensive line is horrendous. It was horrible. I mean, the kid had no opportunity to do anything as soon as his feet were set he was getting hit, and then when he wasn't getting hit, because he was hit so much, he was looking forward to getting hit. So he could never get comfortable. Scott Tolzien, he could never get comfortable at all, all day. Uh, and, and let's just be transparent. It, it just was not a good look across the board. I mean, the Rams just basically ramshacked the entire game when it came to doing whatever it was they wanted to do defensively, scoring touchdowns, offensively scoring touchdowns. It just looked like a complete game for a team that that seems as if they were prepared and ready uh, in a game that they didn't know for sure if they could win, but I think they found out how good they can be with, with how these guys play for one another, and that was good to see for this Cord- round. Cordell, am, if I'm hearing you correct, you're, you're giving a justification for the, the performance Scott Tozine actually put on tape. So you're not if you're Chuck Pagano, you're going to stick with him because the offensive line wasn't that great instead of going to your backup and Jacoby Brissett. Is that what you're saying? Well, he, who, again – what I said was, you could put Andrew Luck behind that offensive line. It wouldn't have mattered. So wherever you go, you're in the, you're in, you're in the, between a rock and a hard place. Like, what do you – we can get behind that offensive line. It, 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 you could put Tom Brady behind that offensive line. It just won't work. I mean, that many hits, that many sacks, that many pressures, it doesn't matter where you go. So if it's Scott Tozine or the next man up or even Andrew Luck when he's healthy, it doesn't matter. It's just that bad for the Indianapolis Colts right now. Taking you around the league with Cordell Stewart, my co-host, NFL No Huddle, weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern. Monday is always our best show with all the fallout from today, and we'll track what's going on tonight on Sunday Night Football. It's official. Odell Beckham Jr. will not play with the ankle injury as the Giants match up with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Cordell, before Nick and I take our Jacksonville victory lap, what do you make of what's going on under center in Houston? Tom Savage benched after a shaky first half. Deshaun Watson didn't play much better in the second half because the Jaguars came up with four turnovers. Postgame, Bill O'Brien would not commit to who's the starting quarterback. Remember, Cordell, short week. 
Houston on the road in Cincinnati on Thursday night football. Who should be the starting quarterback for the Texans? Well, I would go with Deshaun Watson. Uh, You saw um, the inability of Tom Savage being able to elude pressure. Um, Now, here's the question. Uh, When you have players like the Calais Campbells of the world applying pressure off the edge and all the other defensive linemen, you mean to tell me that that may be what the Houston Texans may see for the rest of the year? I doubt it very seriously. I mean, this was a defensive front we saw by Jacksonville that we hadn't seen maybe in a very long time, going all the way back to the era in which Tom Coughlin was there. And just to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Please, we would like you uh, to break down the greatness well, of the Jacksonville I mean, Jaguars. I would, I would love to because the, the kid that ran the ball very well is the kid I picked to, win, to be the rookie of the year. And and I, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Brian. I picked Leonard Fournette to be the the guy. And I basically said this about Jacksonville. I didn't go too far to say, oh, they're going to go to the playoffs and, you know, they're playing for the Super Bowl. And then have one of the players on the defensive line saying, we can be 16-0. The way they play today, they can continue this. I'm not going to say they'll be 16 and 0, but they're going to scare a whole bunch of people when it comes down to playing and based on how their defense played and how we saw Chris Ivory and Leonard Fournette. But back to that offense. When we first started talking about Jacksonville when Tom Coughlin got there, the number one thing I said was was that they're going to establish and understand his identity in which how he coaches or even the presence he brings, which goes all the way back to the Natron mean business in that era in time, to the Fred Taylors of the world. It was all about establishing a line of scrimmage and running the football. That's why the draft was made by Jacksonville to grab Leonard Fournette, to help a Chris Ivory out, to help out Blake Bortles, and try to find a a, a level of consistency when it comes to imposing their will in the trenches. That's what you see with teams like the Tennessee Titans who end up losing. We'll get to that one later. But that's what you see in the National Football League nowadays where you have two-headed monsters of backs in the backfield that's that's finding ways to get it done, a la Atlanta Falcons. And and what we saw them two today almost end up losing that game. But play well enough to get a win on the road, you kind of get that one and get the heck out of Dodge if you can. And they did a good job of that. But when you look at this this, this Jacksonville game, I, I think, Brian, with our conversations we've had, I don't think it's too far from the truth of how it was broken down and what the approach was going to be, which was a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette, Kristen, uh, Chris Ivory, hopefully just don't screw it up. Blake Bortles, they only allowed him to throw the ball 21 times. He was 11 to 21 through a touchdown. And the defense played good. I mean, Calais Campbell, he comes from out of comes from Arizona, and he just brings that energy next to um, Malik Jackson. And these guys look really, really good today. I must say that. They look very good today. They look like they understand what's what's trying to be accomplished, which on both sides of the football, control the line of scrimmage. And I think that's why you saw this team play so fast and so good today. So hats off to Jacksonville for being able to, let's just say this, be the best team in the AFC South come week one. Woo! No one ever thought we would be saying that, right? <laughs> well, I've good said it for God the last five years, so I'm glad maybe I have a chance to being right, but it's only one game. Nick, next one. Well, Cordell, you know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers use the same blueprint. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, their philosophy is play, you know, great, you know, football from the quarterback position, run the ball well, and play great defense. Now, that, that appears is what I what we saw today, or we're all admitting we saw today from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So if that is the case, is it possible, knowing as though, Andrew Luck is out. Uh, the only competition for the Jags would be maybe the Tennessee Titans. Could the Jags use this same philosophy and push his way through the playoffs? 
through the playoffs or trying to get to do something in a division to get to the playoffs? No, 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 no. I said through the playoffs. Well, let's not get greedy. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to. I, you know, that's why I had to ask that question, bro. Hey, you're not you making me jump on that. Playoffs? Yeah. One game at a time. Right. This is what I'll say. You know, it's easy to become a prisoner of the moment. You know, that that's a cliche thing to say when you come off of off of some good victories, unexpected victories. I, I think which was one we can say with the Jacksonville Jaguars of the day, especially how they did it. Uh, they had a, 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 a somewhat of a notion that that may be the approach they may try to take, which is run the football with Leonard Fournette. But they actually did it. I mean, he comes out and gets what, 24 yards uh, uh, off of receptions. Uh, and then he also gets 100 yards when it comes down to catching a football out of the backfield. I'll just say this here. They play Tennessee next. Then they have Baltimore, who had a, a, a tremendous win against uh, Cincinnati, which, which they just laid a true egg. I mean, that was a donut. Then they have the Jet Steelers, the Rams, who played really good today in Indy. I'll say this. The physicality that they brought to the table today, that's the kind of football they need to play. Let's just say this, just for starters, if they want to compete every single week. I'm not saying they're going to win because not every team is going to be as bad as, let's just say, Houston was today. I don't think Houston expected this to happen to them today. But Jacksonville, what they brought to the table, you mentioned a couple of teams. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers is one. I know the Dallas Cowboys is another when it comes down to setting the precedence up front. Tampa Bay tried to, but they lean more on Jameis Winston and his arm uh, and, and how he actually throws the ball. I know Doug Martin is there. I get that. I get uh, uh, Jacquez Rogers. I understand that portion, but that's not really what they want to do. That's what they do because it's a great mix-up for Jameis Winston. But when you talk about what Jacksonville did today, that stuff can travel to any pole in the country, north or south, any type of weather you choose to, and it can be played on a very high level because running the ball between the trenches is what you have to do. And Leonard Fournette today against J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, the things he said during the preseason that the National Football League is not that tough when it comes to running the football, he truly made it look like that today with how hard he ran. So I'm not going to say I agree with him, but either it was they were just that good on offense when it came to controlling the line of scrimmage and Leonard Fournette actually seeing it and playing like he believes that is not as tough as the SEC, or it just was really the Houston Texans was just off today and they just look really awful to say the least, considering they were one of, if not the best defense in the National Football League going into the postseason. All right, partner, we appreciate the insights. Get some rest. Monster show on the way tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Be good, guys. The NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.